Welcome to Canada's National Bible Hour. This is Brian Albrecht, your host and president of Mission Go. Today our scripture is taken from Matthew chapter 9, verses 37 and 38, which say, Then he saith, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth labors into his harvest. Today is one of the greatest times, I believe, where the Lord is bringing in his last harvest. Around the world, we see many, many people coming to Christ. We see many Muslims and Buddhists and Hindus coming to Christ. The Lord's doing a great work, but the laborers are few. Please pray that God will send out missionaries, will send out people to go overseas to share the good news of the gospel. Harry Blackaby, in his book entitled Experiencing God, says you ought to go where the Lord is blessing. Right now, the Lord is really blessing overseas, and many people are finding Christ. Let's pray the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. This is a radio edition of Global Times. Today we have in our studio Mano Paul, who's been a longtime missionary with Global Outreach Mission. Presently lives in, in India, his home country, with his wife Shoba. And they've been on the mission field for many, many years. And they have a, they have one son. His name is Arpin. And today, uh, Mano, I'd like to just talk about your family and talk about Arpin and his spiritual journey. Thank you very much, Brian. Arpan, A-R-P-A-N, means in our language, consecrated. That's the word Hannah used when she was taking Samuel for the first time to the to Shiloh. It is an interesting story, but uh, I want to praise God for his faithfulness uh, in this story. Arpan had come to know he is our only son. Afterwards, we lost two daughters. So Arpan uh, grew from his childhood with some sort of uh, depression in the sense that God was not fair. That was his impression. But he came to know the Lord when he was eight, when Shoba shared the 
love of Christ with him and he was growing normally that's what we thought but inside he was hurt we did not realize added to that we were so busy with the ministry lot of people coming to our house our house was open home but we did not realize that we were hurting Arpan that we did not give him enough time then we had to go to different mission stations in India that left Arpan without a, a stable friendship also. So we did not realize and he, when he was 17, he came to the US to study in Purdue and that was the time he started drifting away from the Lord. When we came to the US, then we realized that he's so far away from the Lord that really hurt our hearts. And we just prayed and we asked our friends in Global Outreach Mission and other friends, they were praying for so many years and we had to leave Belize in 2008 Arpan was just the same and after I went back to India in 2009 God gave me a clear word that now it is the time for me to go and share God's love with Arpan and it happened when we were traveling by road he heard the message in the radio by Dr. David Jeremiah and then he the word pricked him and he gave his life back to the Lord and he's growing and this January 2011 December 17th he took baptism, water baptism. He now attends a beautiful Baptist church in Shreveport, Louisiana and he is growing in the Lord. I really want to thank God for his faithfulness, for the faithfulness of so many of our friends who prayed for Arpan. This is a testimony of God's faithfulness and goodness and whatever we have done, the Lord has really repaid so richly. Yeah, I know we all had a great concern for Arpan and uh, we all prayed together, the global family prayed together and I know uh, many other your friends did as well. And we're so thankful for this breakthrough and the way that God has led him to be baptized. And now he's walking with the Lord. And what a great story. I know this has to be encouraging to a lot of the people in our listening audience who have uh, children who have not walked faithfully with the Lord over the years. And um, this will be an encouragement to them that as they continue to pray and trust the Lord, that God can work. And I know you were telling me about the incident. You were just driving from place to place and you actually tuned in to Dr. Jeremiah at the end of his sermon, you, you told me it was only the last five minutes of the sermon that Arpin actually heard in the car. And after that, you turned the, uh, the radio off. And that's when you noticed that Arpin, something happened in Arpin's life that he became very quiet. And you were able to ask him what affected him. He said that the Lord had really touched his heart at that moment. And I know that had to be a, a great a moment of praise and thanksgiving in your own heart to see your own children follow the Lord. I know I'm so thankful my two boys who have followed the Lord and married uh, good Christian ladies and are one is in Christian work full-time and the other one's getting his uh, Bible degree. And uh, the Lord has just blessed our family. And it's so wonderful to see your your, your kids walk with the Lord and, and uh, go into the second generation. Now I have two uh, grandchildren who who've, uh, have received Christ. And and what a blessing it is to, to know that our family will always be together. This last June and uh, November, I lost my mom and my dad. And I know they're both Christians, and I'll see them again. And so it's, uh, it's really wonderful to be a Christian and to have the promises of the Word of God and actually live by those promises and see God work through not only you and your ministry, but also through your children. And what a great blessing that is to, to, to be together and be unified in Christ. Mano, it's been a real privilege to have you in our studio. I, you're such a godly man, and I have uh, the highest regard for you and for Shoba for the way the Lord has used you over the years. And I, I just know that you have many more years to, to serve. And I know that he's going to continue to open doors and bless you and use you in a mighty way. I'm so thankful for our friendship. May the Lord bless you. 
Thank you so much for listening to Canon's National Bible Hour. We appreciate all those who continue to listen and continue to write in and support our ministry because this is a listener-supported ministry and we need the donations to continue on the air. Appreciate those of you who are praying for us and are helping us to continue this broadcast, which now goes around the world. We're having people from Africa and other places that are listening to these broadcasts and coming to a saving knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This uh, month, we're offering a wonderful booklet entitled Forgiveness, Freedom to Let Go. It's, this is by June Hunt. It answers lots of questions. Some of the questions that it deals with are as follows. It deals with an unforgiveness in your heart. It helps you to protect your heart from bitterness. It helps to end the blame game. And it also helps us to pray for those who hurt you and hurt me. And uh, that's an important thing for us. And it's all about relationships uh, and how we can overcome and how we can live a Christ-centered life throughout each day of our lives. This book will uh, answer a lot of your questions. It'll help you. It's got practical helps so that you can um, work through various issues about how you can forgive others for the hurt and pain that they brought to you. And I, I highly recommend it to you if you're hurting and if you have some hatred or some bitterness in your heart, this booklet can really help you. You can write to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R 7A7, or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York 14231. Today's message is from Dr. Fred Hartman, and he'll continue to speak on Revelation. Printed copies are available upon request. Today we bring our 17th message answering the question, Are we close to the end-time events? Recently, we've looked at the development of a one-world religion and a one-world government. Today, we're going to study about the development of a one-world economy. Our text is found in Revelation 13, verses 11 to 18. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and spoke like a dragon. And he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence, and caused the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. He performed great signs, so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. And he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark 
or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. Could you ever believe that there's coming a day when one man can tell you whether or not you or any person on earth would be able to buy or sell anything without his permission. This is exactly what our text is saying will happen. Now, we know that this will not be fully implemented until during the tribulation following the rapture of the church. The whole world will be under the control of this satanically controlled man and his one-world economy. The concept of a one-world economy has been around for a long time. In 1913, the Federal Reserve was created, which is neither federal nor reserve and is owned by banks. It was planned at a secret meeting in 1910 on Jekyll Island, Georgia, by a group of bankers and politicians. This transferred the power to create money from the government to a private group of bankers. This violates Article One of the Constitution, which states, Congress shall have the power to coin money and regulate value thereof. This authority was never given to banks. The next step we can see in the development of a one-world economy of the end times was the development and implementation of the euro. Many of the European countries gave up the sovereignty of their own monetary system to join in using one economy for the entire area. Another way that could help to develop a one-world economy is by causing fear. Fear can cause people, nations, and even the entire world to surrender their freedoms. A great example of this would be the world pandemic of the COVID-19 virus. People worldwide surrendered their rights to travel, to see family, to attend churches or other gatherings. They submitted to wearing masks and other protective gear. Why? It was because of the fear of contracting the virus. Fear can make people do a lot of things they would not do ordinarily, including their rights of freedom. With the ability to perform signs and wonders or miracles, it would be very easy to cause fear in the population of the world. This man will also be able to deceive the inhabitants of the earth by all the satanic signs and wonders or miracles he will perform. Because of these powers, our text tells us he will be able to deceive the whole world. He will have them under his control. With this background information telling us about a future day when the world's economy will be under the control of these satanic super leaders, is there any occasion the world is being prepared for that today? Well, let's look at the evidence. To have a one-world economy, 
there'd have to be a banking system to handle the operations. Well, the United Nations has already established what's called the World Bank. It is a leading lender of money to the nations around the world. Then there's already in place an international monetary fund, which oversees the banking system of the whole world and also fixes the exchange rates. Then there's also a universal electronic banking system called SWIFT, which makes sure that all the different money transactions in the world match all the different currencies. Finally, there's the World Trade Organization that sets the trading rules for the different countries and punishes those countries who do not obey the rules with fines of billions of dollars. All of those mentions make it possible for people, when they're overseas, to use their credit cards for purchases. The exchange rate is all calculated, and the place from which you make your purchase receives the payment. When you consider all we have studied, the preparation for a one-world economy in the last days is already in place. It could happen much more quickly than we might think. Let me take a few moments to give you some current views on a one-world currency by what leaders are saying. German Chancellor Angela Merkel says, It is time to rethink the world financial system and prevent any repetition of the current crisis. The leadership of China is calling for a new global currency controlled by the International Monetary Fund, stepping up pressure to global leaders for changes in the financial system. Russia is calling for a new international currency system and wants to overhaul the entire global financial order and even introduce a new supra national currency to avoid future global financial crises. The Institute of International Finance, a group that represents 420 of the world's largest banks and financial houses, has issued yet another call for a one-world global currency. Finally, the Single Global Currency Association is calling for the world to embrace a single bank that is controlled by, managed by a global central bank within a global monetary union. If the European Monetary Union consists, can successfully provide stable currency to countries, why not a global monetary system or union for all countries? They are saying, we shall achieve this goal through education and persuasion. With the use of credit cards today, it is amazing how much information they know about you. The other week, I ordered some clothing from Walmart with a credit card to be delivered by mail. Within a few days, the order came. But within 24 hours, six different companies 
were on my computer trying to sell me what I had just bought. How did they know all about it? Some years ago now, I left a gasoline credit card at the station where I had purchased a tank of gasoline. I could not find it, so I reported it to the credit card company, and they issued me another one with the same numbers. About a year later, I started to get some large repair bills, which were not mine. I called the credit card company, and those charges were erased. A few months later, they sent me a letter that whoever made the charge put the license plate number on the ticket. They had apprehended the thief, and he was in prison. These two examples show how much information is already known about you today. Imagine what will be known about you in the future when there is a one-world economic system. There's already a system in existence to stop you from buying, though it does not keep you from buying a particular item. If you try to purchase something with your credit card that exceeds your limit, it only takes a few seconds for the merchant to know that, and you are denied the right to get that which you wanted. That system could very easily become part of the plan to forbid you to buy or sell in the end-time days. My point is that there is a lot going on now economically that it would not take much or very long to put in place what our text said will happen in the end times. Another example of the economic preparation for the end times is that we're rapidly heading toward a cashless society. I can remember when most things were paid for in cash. Then came the era of writing checks to pay your bills. After that came the credit cards, then the debit cards. Now so many companies don't want you to do business by mail. They claim it saves paper, and it probably does. What really happens is that they get their money immediately. Do you realize that beginning in 2010, debit card spending overtook cash or credit spending? Now we have the smart card that has in it a tiny microchip that can store and receive information about most everything you do. We should note that in Sweden, only 3% of all business is done with cash. In fact, pretty soon you may have to use the card to pay for everything. The Internal Revenue Service would certainly like this. Next, there's another step that has been made that could pave the way for the mark of the beast in the tribulation period. They've already developed computer chips so small that they're placed under the skin of an animal. This way, when your dog or cat goes missing or is stolen, the signal from that chip can be traced and the animal can be located and returned to its owner. Another very troubling move is being made by some government officials. They would like to require everyone to have a miniature computer chip placed in the back of your hand 
<clears throat> or in your forearm. On this chip would be all sorts of information about you. It would have your birthday, a photograph, all of your medical records, your banking information, and much more. You would use this whenever you want to a doctor or pharmacy. It would also replace your credit cards, and with it you'd make all your purchases. Wow. Everyone who has access to what was on that microchip could easily know where you were, have access to your medical records, and every purchase you would make. You could hide nothing from them. Now for a moment, let's go back to our text in Revelation 13, 16, and 17. And he caused all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. For hundreds of years, people have read this passage and wondered how it could ever come to pass. I remember when they thought this mark would be like the tattoo placed on the Jewish victims victims of the Holocaust. But now, the technology is available to do the very thing God said would happen 2,000 years ago. I'm sure the Apostle John did not fully understand what this meant when he penned the book of Revelation, but the Holy Spirit who guided him certainly did. As I give this message, the technology is available for the first time since Revelation was written of what will take place after the rapture of the church. With that in mind, the stage is set. The confused state of the world is ready to accept anyone who can promise world peace and quiet. The only problem is this one will be the Antichrist. I am convinced that Jesus could come at any minute and take those who know him personally to heaven. You will either go to be with him or be left behind to face the ravages of this tribulation period. My earnest desire is that you would see that you are a sinner before God and that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for your sins. If you would ask him to forgive you your sins and ask him to save you, he will. If you have never done that, I trust you will make that decision right now before it is eternally too late. I trust the message you just heard will be a great blessing to you and that you can apply some of the principles to your life this this, uh, week. Pray that God would continue to draw you close. Thank you so much for the privilege of sharing these words with you each week. We trust that through these messages that you'll be drawn closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Allow him to be the Lord of our life. This month we're offering the booklet entitled Forgiveness, The Freedom to Let Go. Highly recommend this book. 
by June Hunt. And you can write to get a free copy of this book at Canada's National Bible Hour at Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R7A7, or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231. You can also uh, hear past messages on our website at missiongo.org. That's M-I-S-S-I-O-N-G-O dot O-R-G. We also have a uh, Christian radio broadcast in, entitled MGO Radio on our ministry site as well. You can get that at missiongo-radio.org. It's 24-7. There's lots of good messages on that broadcast as well as good Christian music. And also, if you want to get our app on your smartphone, you can get it at media at missiongo.org. And you can download that. Sermons, you can hear good Christian music 24-7. It's amazing now our outreach has gone around the world. We're getting letters from Africa and other places growing through our ministry. And so we're really thankful for those opportunities. We ask you to continue to pray for us. And uh, we ask that you write in and get this booklet, Forgiveness, the Freedom to uh, Let Go. We trust that God will continue to bless you throughout this week. And don't forget to send in a, a gift to try to help us to continue all these ministries on the airways where where Christ is using these broadcasts for his honor and for his glory. May the Lord bless you and keep you in a mighty way throughout this next week.